0: Welcome, listeners. Welcome to another hour of horror and mystery brought to you by Sleigh House Publishing. Hello, friends and neighbors. This week, we present to you the story of a man who cannot appreciate who he has until he has lost her. Or, in the case of our unhappy protagonist, driven her away for one unattainable desire. Sit back and enjoy friends and neighbors. This adaption of Edith Nesbitt's short story, From the Dead.
1: But true or not true, your brother is a scoundrel. No man, no decent man tells such things.
2: He did not tell me. How dare you suppose it? I found the letter in his desk. And she being my friend and you being her lover, I never thought there could be any harm in my reading her letter to my brother. Give me back the letter. I was a fool to tell you.
1: Not yet. (sighs) Have you ever noticed how the London sunset casts a dull red over all? Like this letter, for example. Her dainty handwriting. So quaint. I know it so well. I've kissed that hand so often. Dear, I do, I do love you, but it's impossible. I must marry Arthur. My honor is engaged. If he would only set me free, but he never will. He loves me so foolishly, but as for me, it is you I love, body, soul, and spirit. There is no one in my heart but you. I think of you all day and dream of you all night. And we must part, and that is the way of the world. Goodbye. Yours, 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 Elvire.
2: You've not even touched your dinner. Well, do you give me no thanks?
1: You put a knife in my heart and then ask for thanks?
2: Pardon me. I have done nothing but show you the truth, for that one should expect no gratitude. May I ask, out of mere curiosity, what you intend to do?
1: Your brother will tell you... You will
2: not tell my brother?
1: That you have read his private letters? Certainly not.
2: Why are you so angry with me? Be reasonable. What else could I do?
1: I don't know.
2: Would it have been right not to tell you?
1: I don't know. I only know that you've put the sun out, and I haven't gotten used to the dark yet.
2: Believe me... Believe me, she never loved you.
1: And yet, there is a softness in your touch that matches your tone. Your words to my ears as your hand on my cheek.
2: Then why move away from me?
1: I beg your pardon. I have behaved very badly. You were quite right to come, and I am not ungrateful. Will you post a letter for me? give you back your freedom the only gift of mine that can please you now Arthur here, I've sealed it if you would be so kind as to deliver it to her goodbye, Elvia
2: are you so very unhappy oh Arthur, do not think I am not sorry for you
1: I don't want anyone to be sorry for me, Miss Helmont. Ah. But you do love me, don't you, Miss Helmont? But was Miss Helmont speaking the truth? Was it possible that. I must see Elvire. I must hear from her own lips whether this blow to my heart came not from her, but from a woman in whom love might have killed honesty. There. A figure in pink come out of one of the houses. It's Elvia. I must keep my distance. She can't see me yet. She stopped here, at the corner of Store Street. But why? Oh, a gentleman approaches. It is Ida's brother, Oscar Helmont. Look at the way she gazes into his eyes. They do love each other.
0: And so, Elvire and Oscar Helmont wed, and were wed for nearly a year before our man, Arthur, finally married Ida. Let's rejoin them now, three months into their marriage, on a calm night out at their seaside veranda. My
1: dearest Ida.
2: Turn out the lantern, my love. Come to bed.
1: I was just thinking, my dear, how fortunate I am. But alas, how remorseful I am now as well. Such a peculiar dichotomy existing in the soul of one man. I might not, but by chance, ended up so happy.
2: Dear Arthur, whatever do you mean?
1: I must confess now that I did entertain. If only for half a day that you might have been enticing me to your will by forging a lie. But oh, don't look so down. My love, I have seen the truth. You are brave and beautiful, witty and wise, and beyond all measure adorable. My thoughts turn daily to you as to their natural home. Let no one doubt that I love you as I have never loved Elvire. You are the only woman in the world. Compared to you, the rest of the fairer sex remains small, contemptible. I worship you, my angel. <sighs>
2: Heart's heart, how much do you love me? How much? Yes, how much. I want to know what place it is I hold in your heart. Am I more to you than anyone else? My love. More than yourself.
3: More than my life.
2: I believe you. (sighs) Give me your hand. It can make no difference. Nothing in heaven or earth can come between us now.
1: Nothing. But sweet, my wife, what is it? You're deathly pale.
2: I must tell you, I cannot hide anything now from you because I'm yours, body, soul, and spirit.
1: Your words echo under the moonlight. They sting, and I can't understand why.
2: Arthur, you remember my coming to you at Hampstead with that letter.
1: Yes, my sweet, and I remember how you...
2: Arthur! Arthur... That letter was a forgery. She never wrote it. I... Arthur, please sit. Don't look at me so. You
1: you did forge the letter. You lie. Cheat. Our life is built
3: on deception. Arthur. I will never speak to you again. You are a liar
1: and a forger. My God, what am I saying? I do not mean this. Speak, man. Tell her. If she would only fall at my feet and beg forgiveness, I would. I do love her. Oh, to hold her in my arms again. You stand so still, quiet, just looking at me. What say you?
2: Arthur, let me explain. She—
1: Uh, There is nothing to explain. You are a liar and forger, and that is enough for me. I will never speak to you again. You have wrecked my life.
2: Do you mean that?
1: Tell her to put your head on your shoulder. Damn your pride, man. Tell her it's okay to cry and tell her you love her.
2: Do you mean it?
1: Mean it? Yes, of course I mean it. Don't touch me, please. You've ruined my life. Okay. Damn him ride. Right. A walk on the beach will do me some good. What is she doing, I wonder, up in our home. Angry, I assume. But I reacted badly. My God, I should have told her how I felt. What she did, I see now she did for us. She knew where Elvire's heart lay and he proceeded to tell me as gently as possible what I should have already known. As gnawing the pain, how much less it was coming from Ida than had Elvire sat me down. Indeed, she did me a service. Not out of jealousy, but out of love. She knew even before I that she loved me. I must return home and tell her so. Hurry now. I have been out here so long. Three hours have passed. My God, how worried she must be. My dear, Ida, my dear, are you awake? I so don't want to disturb your sleep, but if I must, I will turn on a lantern. The moonlight isn't enough to draw your face from the shadow. What is this on our dresser? A note? Goodbye. Make the best of what is left of your life. I will spoil it no more.
0: And so, my friends, that is where our unfortunate friend, Arthur, was left. Alone, due to a fit of rage, driving off the one woman who loved him, who would have given anything for him. But don't think he didn't search for her. Don't think he didn't count the hours, after scouring the village at dark, waiting for the town to rouse itself in the dawn. He sent out advertisements. He knocked door to door. He was met with pitying looks and bemusement. Not long after, a tramp, still drunk on wine, claimed he'd met a lady on the cliff. And then a fisherman approached, claiming to find a handkerchief on the beach with her monogram. These clues, though, produced only more questions. And though Arthur continued to search... It was as though Ida vanished from the earth. Months passed. He reached out to the police, the media, but everyone failed him. Even her brother could not help. Then, one morning... (sighs)
1: Such a beautiful morning. I should be able to manage a walk this morning. I have tried to carry on so, but... How I miss you, Ida, and your brother, Oscar, no help. I swear he looked at me with such indignity, as though I wasn't worthy of finding you, my wife. The audacity of the man. I have searched this country far and wide for any sign of you. Oh, my dearest, if I could only take back those words I said, if I could only... you again whisper in your ear that it is all okay that we could manage damn my temper yes a walk should do me good
2: hello mister
1: hello young lad what say you this bright morning
2: might you know where I might find a mr. Arthur Marsh
1: why I am he young man
2: Here's a graph for you then. Good
1: The envelope is red. The paper is pink. Elvia, Come to me at once. I am dying. You must come. Ida, up and shove, No, there
0: Now boarding, all stops London to Marple, direct connections to Derbyshire.
1: There are some things that cannot be written about, such as my life these long months, this journey another. What has your life been like this past month? I have been haunted by this question, my dear, not knowing of your well-being, of what you've been through. Oh, I am such a monster. I am dying, you say. Oh, my dearest Ida, you shan't die. Not if I can make it in time. I will spend the rest of my life making sure you do not die. How fitting. These hills so bleak. I will rescue you, my darling, as the prince comes to his beloved and saves her from death's last embrace. The road is bumpy, sure, and the horses stumble, but I will make it. What's this? A low building in the shadow. Hello? Hello, good woman. I've travelled far, only to arrive at this address at this untimely hour. I beg your pardon, but I hope to enter.
2: Art thee, Arthur Marsh? Yes. Then that are late, she's dead.
0: Oh, poor Arthur, traveled all this way only to find the true love of his life has passed on. But if only you think the story is over, then I must assure you, my friends, that we still have so much of this tale to tell. You see, while he is a haunted man, Arthur is not yet haunted. Not to the extent that his life has yet been fundamentally impacted. No, Arthur still has a lot to learn about himself, and a lot more to lose.
2: That tired, and most like. Have a supper tea.
3: (laughs) It's too funny. (laughs) I've travelled 200 miles to see her, and she was dead, and you offer me tea?
2: You are such a beast, sir. Let me turn on this lamp. Better. She asked me to call for an arthur Marsh, but she never told me why.
1: And who are you to her?
2: I was a nurse, sir.
1: I was her husband.
2: Then may God forgive you. What you've done, I don't know, but it'll be hard work forgiving you, even for him.
1: Tell me. My wife.
2: Tell you? Tell you? Yes, I'll tell you. Your wife was that ashamed of you, she never so much as told me she was married. She let me think anything i please sooner in that. she just come here and she said, Nurse, take care of me, for I am in mortal trouble. And don't let him know where I am, says she. And me being well married to an honest man, and well to do here, I was able to do it by the blessing.
1: Why didn't you send for me before?
2: I'd never have sent for you. It was her doing. Oh, to think as God Almighty's made men able to measure out such like... Pe- a trouble for us women folk, Young man, I don't know what you did to her to make her leave you, but it must have been something cruel, for she loved the ground you walked on. She used to sit day after day a looking at your picture and talking to it and kissing of it when she thought I wasn't taking no notice and crying till she made me cry too. She used to cry all night most. And one day when I tells her to pray to God to help her through her trouble... She outs with your putty face on a card, she does, and says she with a poor little smile. That's my god, Nancy, she says.
1: Don't. Not anymore. Not now.
2: Don't. Don't indeed. No, I won't. But I shan't forget you. I tell you I've had you in my prayers time and again when I thought you'd made lot of love of my darling. I shan't drop you out of em now. I know she was your own wedded wife as you chucked away when you tired of her and left her to eat her out with longing for you. Now I pray to God above us to pay you scot and lot for all you've done to her. You killed my pretty. The price will be required of you, young man, even to the uttermost farthing. Oh, God in heaven, make him suffer! Make him feel it!
3: Goodness, might you have a handkerchief? I've seemed to have bit my tongue. She
2: was nothing to you! Any fool can see that with half an eye. You didn't love her, so you don't feel nothing now. But someday you'll care for someone, and then you shall know what she felt if there's any justice in heaven! What do you
3: mean? I care for her! I've always cared for her! I'm here, aren't I?
2: Can't you feel... quiet. She don't fret after the likes of you no more now. She won't sit no more a-looking out a window and saying nothing, only dropping her tears one by one, slow, slow on her lap. Come and see her. Come and see what you've done to my pretty, and then you can go. Nobody wants you here. She don't want you now. But perhaps you'd like to see her safe underground first. I'll be bound you put a big slab on her, make sure she don't rise again. Woman, have mercy! Yeah? Have mercy! Mercy! You should have thought of that before, you had no mercy on her. She loved you, she died loving you, and if I wasn't a Christian woman, I'd kill you for it, like the rat you are, that I would, though I had to swing for it afterwards. Listen! Let go of me hands! Don't you understand?
3: We loved each other. She died loving me. I have to live loving her. And it's her you pity. I'll tell you it was all a mistake.
1: A stupid, stupid mistake. Take me to her. And for pity's sake, let me be left alone with her.
2: Come along, then.
1: What's that?
2: Your child.
1: Oh, my
3: love. Oh, my poor love. All these
2: spots. She always said she'd send for you when she'd got over a trouble. I'd like him to see his little baby nurse, she says baby it'll be all right when the baby's born she says i know will come to me then you'll see and i'm never saying nothing not thinking you'd come if she was your leavings not dreaming as you could be your husband and stay away from her an hour her being as she was hush
1: such a large dark room what is that lavender shouldn't we light one of those candles my god What lays under that sheet in the big four-post bed?
2: My lamb! My poor, pretty lamb! (laughs) Don't she look beautiful?
1: How many times have I stood at the bedside, looking at this face, resting, peaceful? Lied on the pillow beside me in the early morning.
2: I assure you, sir, she ain't restin'.
3: But her cheek still is soft. And might she wake if I kiss her?
2: You might find her cold as a stone, I dare say.
1: But her lips the color of marble. She will never wake more. I tell you again, there are some things that cannot be written. So I must seal us with a kiss.
0: Now, so many hours later, he lays in a private room not far from where his wife lays. He learns a lesson I wish you all to learn. A lesson that the nurse learned as well. It is not the dead who are to be pitied most.
2: I thought you might like to hold your son.
1: Should I love you now? Alas, you aren't that which cost Haida her life. I am to blame Is asleep. Impossible. All that is in here is worth it. Well, you fool. I'm awake now. Dead or alive, is she not your darling? Your heart's hot. Would you not go near to die of joy if she came to you? Pray, God, to let her spirit come back and tell you she forgives you. I wish she would come. You wince, my son, but I wish not that the light disturbs you. Just that this candle can provide your old father with a bit of illumination. that dumb scent of lavender but it so your eyes and yet your eyes are open oh god i see the stitching the needle pricks
2: you aren't afraid of me darling are you though i'm dead i heard all you said to me when you came but i couldn't answer but now I've come back from the dead to tell you. I wasn't really so bad as you thought me. Elvia had told me she loved Oscar. I only wrote the letter to make it easier for you. I was too proud to tell you when you were so angry. But I'm not proud anymore now. You'll love me again now, won't you? Now I'm dead. One always forgives the dead.
1: Oh, God.
2: Say you forgive me? Say you love me again?
3: Yes, I love you. I have always loved you. God help me.
2: I suppose you would be afraid now I'm dead. If I came round to you and kissed you. Ah!
3: Ida, my darling, come back! Ida, my darling, come back! I am not afraid! I love you!
2: Come back! Come back! Hello? What's all the commotion?
3: Hurry, woman, your lantern! What is that on the floor? That, That crumpled mass!
2: Why, it's Miss Ida, sir. Her very corpse crumpled ear.
0: Oh, don't worry, friends. Ida rests in peace in the Mellor churchyard. Don't try and find her, though, as no stone marks her final resting place. But don't think poor Arthur's still so callous. You see, he couldn't bear her loss. Even as he was reminded of what he'd done to her for the rest of her days. You see, their child is now entering school and yet their son has never spoken, and he has never smiled. So until next time, friends and neighbors,